Today's reading is Colossians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, the faith and love proceeding from the hope stored up for you in heaven, of which you have already heard in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood the grace of God. You learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have full endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and firstborn from among the dead, so that in all things he may have preeminence. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Once you were alienated from God and were hostile in your minds, engaging in evil deeds. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished, and blameless in his presence. If indeed you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope of the gospel you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I became its servant by the commission God gave me to fully proclaim to you the word of God, the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed to his saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I also labor, striving with all his energy, working powerfully within me. This is God's word. Whenever I read Paul's descriptions of his prayers, I'm always struck by how different they are than the way I often pray and the way that I've heard most other Christians pray. Frankly, most of our prayer requests and prayers for each other are about physical illnesses and injuries, or other basic life problems. Well, there's nothing wrong at all with praying for those things, and we should pray for them. Think about them in contrast to how Paul prayed for the Colossians here in Colossians 1. First of all, he and his associates have not stopped praying for you, according to verse 9a. 
which is something that I can't always honestly say. Second, notice what they prayed for. The scripture says, We continually ask God to fill you with all the knowledge of his will, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. That's verses 9 through 12 in the NIV. In other words, Paul's prayers and the prayers of his associates were for the spiritual growth of people in specific areas. He wanted them to know God and be stronger in their Christian lives. Do we honestly ever pray that way for other believers? We pray for people's chronic health problems, and again, we should. But do we ever ask God to increase our knowledge of Christ, to cause us to walk more closely with him? Do we ever honestly pray for other believers, for spiritual things? How can you change that going forward? I hope you'll think about that today, especially if you're planning to spend some time in prayer after this devotional is over, which I'd encourage you to do. But have a great day. We'll see you next time.